Hello everyone, welcome to the Roots and Bloom podcast, the podcast encouraging self-reflection as a tool for growth and flourishing. I'm your host, Sarah Lisak, and thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Friendship has been on my mind a significant amount over the past couple of years, and I don't think this is just a result of the pandemic and how difficult it's been on friendships, but also as a consequence of getting older. It's funny to think that there was once a time when I could rely on seeing my friends pretty much every day. School or university was as much a social hub as an educational institution. Break times and lunches were filled with makeshift talent shows, playing hide and seek, and catching up on the latest episode of America's Next Top Model, 90210 or Gossip Girl. I went to an all-girls school, if you couldn't already tell. (laughs) And even during class, it was easy and enough to just be able to be in each other's company. But since leaving university and moving through my 20s, spending time with friends has become harder and harder to do. And I've begun to notice all the additional infrastructure around adult friendships. Infrastructure that just wasn't really there before. Now, where you live in relation to your friends matters. If you don't live close... Even if you live in the same city, there's the effort of travel. Your work schedules may not align. Or maybe the relentlessness of your job means you spend evenings and weekends working too. Your friends may also be in a different financial situation. And especially in a city like London, where socialising more often than not involves spending money, this can affect how regularly you see each other. There are also the different groups of friends you have, collected from school, university, work, a course... Or maybe, as a Vice article last year explored, you can't relate to having a friendship group, and so you need to arrange seeing people one-on-one, which itself can be stressful. It feels like the pandemic has exacerbated a lot of these difficulties. Obviously, there have been physical restrictions, but the move to digital relationships has also come with challenges. I found myself desperately wanting connection, while simultaneously not feeling like I could be bothered to speak to anyone, and in waves of feeling isolated and lonely, I often had to remind myself that I did have meaningful and fulfilling relationships, and that I wasn't alone. And even now that things have opened up, I know that my social bandwidth has fallen. As much as the intensity of the pandemic brought me closer to some people, and I found great comfort and strength in this familiarity, I'm also aware that I've grown apart from others, and that I might have even let down some friends by not being as present as I would have liked to be. When you take in these factors and then accept that you only have so much time and energy to give, you begin to see how they filter how many good quality friendships you can reasonably maintain. And as we grow and develop a better understanding of ourselves, what we need or value in friendships can change too. So there's a numbers element, how many friends we can have, and a purpose element, why we have the friends we do and what they do for us. Evolutionary psychologist Robin Dunbar suggests that the number of relationships our brain can handle at one time is 150 people, made up of concentric circles. He says that in your first circle, there are two special friends. The next layer is a five very close friends, your inner circle, then 15 good friends you can turn to for sympathy, 50 friends, people you are kind of close with, and 150 casual friends, your clan. His research has also shown the movement across these circles. A good friend may drop to being just a friend if you haven't spoken to them for six months. 
Conversely, it's estimated that you need to spend 200 hours over a three-month period to convert a just friend into a good friend. Now, the introvert in me is thinking, 150 friends. Do I even know 150 people? Even 50 friends feels huge. Robin Dunbar's research only reflects an average and not what is normal for a particular person. But I did find the idea of concentric circles and of putting a number on how many friends are in that circle to be quite helpful, especially as someone who can often feel like I'm not doing enough, and that actually accepting that my friendships will have different levels of intimacy is healthy and to be encouraged. Then there's the purpose aspect. Why do we have the friends we do? What and who is a friend to me? It's the kind of question that feels like it should be intuitively easy to answer. And in some ways it is at a general level. We might say that a friend is someone who you can depend on, someone who you enjoy talking to and spending time with. But it's also highly specific and dependent from person to person, especially in thinking about the special friends and those in your inner circle. These are the people who know you most intimately, who you share values with, seek advice from, and feel most safe and vulnerable to be your full self with. These friends are likely to match your deepest emotional needs, which is, of course, deeply personal. So asking yourself who is the kind of friend you need or would like to have can help to give greater clarity about the status of your friends and to clarify the position of these friends in your circles. It can also help to manage expectations. Intimate friends are going to have different expectations for each other than good friends and good friends to casual friends. Recognising this means that we can take some of the pressure off and avoid overburdening some friendships while strengthening our accountability in others. As I reflect on what it takes for a good friendship to survive in the presence of everyday pressures, the challenges of the pandemic, and the differences in the life paths that we've chosen, I've come to have a deepened appreciation for the friends who have been steadfast in my life. Part of us can take for granted the presence of these people who bring us so much joy and assume that we'll always be in each other's lives. And that just isn't the case. As Robin Dunbar says, the nature of social networks, and particularly with friendships, is that they turn over with time. We don't retain the same friends throughout life, even if we've had lots of stable friendships so far, and it's only a very, very, very small number of people that we will retain as lifelong friends. His words remind me of a poem by Christian Wyman, called All My Friends Are Finding New Beliefs. At the end of the poem, he says, All my friends are finding new beliefs, and I'm finding it harder and harder to keep track of the new gods and the new loves, and the old gods and the old loves, and the days have daggers and the mirrors motives, and the planets turning faster and faster in the blackness, and my nights and my doubts and my friends, my beautiful, credible friends. Good friends are shelter in a world that often seems to be falling down around us. They are the people to hold on to and have fun with, to make memories with and to share a life. And as we grow and our friendships come under pressure from the patterns of our lives, we can continue to try and hold on to each other, even if we hold on in new and different ways, as an act of continuing to choose and affirm our love and each other. I'll leave you with a piece I wrote last year 
called to all my friends, sorry for the late reply. I'm trying to find new ways we can be together, wondering how we can close this distance with laughter or transform the digital into something physical. An embrace would be quite nice. But I am overwhelmed and you are tired, so I question, how can we love without speech? In the silence, I think of you. Day wakes as I do and we bow to each other. The sky is now more bleak than blue. Still, trusty raindrops carry my love. And should our situation be the same when this season sleeps, know the sun's rays will be my new messenger. You may not hear me, but I am there. I trust you are here too. So let us stop apologising. No, this is another form of care. Thank you so much for listening and for following the podcast so far. There will be three more episodes of this season. And for the final episode, I'd love to give it over to you, the listeners, to offer suggestions for the topic I cover. Drop me an email at rootsandbloom at gmail.com or send me a DM on Instagram. I can't wait to hear what you come up with. And remember, if you enjoy the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I look forward to being with you next Sunday and I hope you have a lovely week ahead. Take care. Bye.